Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the Eagles uh, Monday trade of Joe Flacco, the disappointment of the Las Vegas Raiders loss, and then we'll kind of get into what the future holds for this team, where uh, I'd bring your tissues. Anyway, Chris, how you doing? (laughs) <laughs> Not too bad, man. You know, it's, it's it's been a weird 24 hours, you know, after seeing them win a game they should have basically won heading into there. And now with all these recent moves they did, man, it's, it's been craziness, man. How are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Just trying to catch up on sleep uh, after our red eye from hell. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically what happened, uh, Chris and I were scheduled to fly out at 1159 Vegas time. Uh, they pushed our flight back like an hour and then we had a connecting flight, but our connecting flight, we were only going to have like 40 minutes to get to. We didn't know if we were going to make it. We flew. I had a middle seat, slept through it somehow, uh, even with a bunch of turbulence. And then we landed in Chicago where it was raining like crazy. And uh, they told us that they had held the the connecting flight for a bit, but we only had really like 10 minutes to get there. And Chris was at the back of the plane. So I waited for Chris like one does. And Why, then uh, we had to basically walk, go past like three other terminals to get to where we needed to go. Um, I mean, we finally made it there by just, like Indiana Jones, uh, when the the wall's coming down, he grabs his hat. But uh, I was gonna say it's like a kick return, man. We were following, weaving in and out, like trying to follow each other. Yeah, blockers, it was, man. It was good. Yeah, and Chris, Chris is a good fullback sometimes. So uh, yeah, we made it, and then uh, it was like ten o'clock Eastern time, so the jet lag and everything, whatever. Anyway, still more enjoyable probably than you watching the Eagles lose to the Raiders in a game they probably should have won. Uh, So let's get into, look, we know what happened in the game. Um, The defense is horrific. Uh, The offense doesn't know what it wants to be. Uh, Nick Sirianni is getting a lot of heat for throwing uh, Jonathan Gannon under the bus, but I also don't really know what you're supposed to say when opposing quarterbacks are playing Madden on rookie mode every single week. Um, (laughs) You know, Sirianni can't just crap on, on his bosses, right? Like, so you've got to acknowledge that the coaching staff is his responsibility. He's got to delegate blame. And look, I think Nick Sirianni deserves all the criticism in the world. This is, I, I covered Gus Bradley in the thick of his tenure. I still don't know if I was less confused. I mean, like, I don't know if I was ever more confused than listening to Nick Sirianni talk the last two days. Uh, it's just not working. There are no answers. I'm not saying that that he should be one and done right now, but everything seems to be pointing in that direction. He just seems way over his head. 
when your special teams coordinator is like the jewel of your coaching staff right now, outside of Jeff Stoutland, it's a problem. Um, look, this, I, it, I've said it from the jump. I thought this coaching staff needed more experience uh, and they're clearly lacking it. They're clearly lacking answers and they're very stubborn about it. Like I asked Nick Sirianni yesterday, like what level of accountability outside of talking to the staff are you kind of laying down? He's like, it's going to be par for the, it's basically just, you know, staying the course. Like, what does that even mean? Uh, I then asked him what he was improving. He's like, I feel like we're improving on fundamentals. Sure. You're not getting flagged 10, 12 times a game, but like there's no synergy between the run game and the passing game on offense. It seems like they want Jalen hurts to be a player that he's not. I, I just don't understand the concepts here. I know what Nick Jonathan Gannon is doing. Jonathan Gannon is trying to prevent, big plays because he doesn't have the personnel at safety or linebacker to cover these guys one-on-one. I get that. But in reality, it's not working with Sirianni. I just don't know what the identity of this offense is supposed to be. I don't know really what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, Chris, you take the wheel for now because frankly, I'm confusing myself even more. (laughs) <laughs> See, I, I'm from the school. I'm thinking that I don't think he's going to be a one and done coach. I really don't, because just because of the fact that if it did that, if they did so, it would reflect badly on Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. And the only way I could see him being one and done is if Howie Roseman was the one that was let go. And I don't. And for the life of me, I don't see that happening. Even though there's some questionable moves that have been made in the past that 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 warrant it, but I don't think that's happening anytime any soon. Look, when you look at his coaching staff, there it, it, there's only so much when you go with young, and you start trying to find that like you keep going like, hey, they're young, they're young, they're young. But then you start trying to find little things that shows that they've improved as the season goes on. And when you look at that, you can't really see that at this point. You look at uh, Nick Sirianni, you look at that offense, and if you even say credit, well, they ran the ball a lot more early on. That's something they should have been done doing prior to that's an improvement. But when you look at everything else, it doesn't say it's like they they stuck. And the thing that stuck out to me more is when he said, oh, yeah, we stuck with the run a little bit more afterwards. Well, yeah, I would, too. If you're down that much, I would run the ball if they're down that much. And it looks like the game's over. And 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 the Raiders were in like this in a quasi prevent. Of course, they're going to be those yards up in the middle. But it, this team doesn't. You can't tell you don't. There's not a toughness overall. If that's the main thing I'm looking at on both sides of the ball, I don't see a toughness on his team. It's more they're trying to be more finesse, and you can't do that with this type. A and I think in this division, I don't think you can do this because of the styles of play that these other like the Cowboys and Washington and the Giants have played. You can't be a finesse team in a really physical area, and. Just overall, when it comes to attitude, you're taking your aggressiveness out of your players. I mean, Fletcher Cox said it perfectly when he was saying well, – when he was basically saying that like, it's not an aggressive defense. It, I don't think – it's not because you don't get that sense of that ten, t- that tenacity. It's just like the, okay, we'll drop back – we'll drop seven or eight people into coverage and we'll just hope for the best and we'll just try to stop them in the red zone and, and hold them to field goals. It, it doesn't – that's not – to me, that's not the best way – Message wise, since your team, you you want to be aggressive and and over on both sides of the ball, and you just don't see that. It's just wide receiver screen. Okay, let's just. It's a lot of it's, on both sides of the ball. It's a lot of hope instead of actual execution and trying to be aggressive, getting stuff done. It's just it, it, they they need to improve quickly. 
Yeah, and I mean, Ganon comes from Mike Zimmer. That's what's crazy yeah. about it, right? Like Double A Gak Blitz. Where, where, where have we seen the threat of that? We haven't. <laughs> we haven't. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, I, I, I just don't get it. I, I think... I, I just kind of think this is a team that doesn't have an identity, but like they're soft as ice cream. I think you're right. And and that's weird because there are guys that have been around for the nitty gritty of like Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox and uh, so on and so forth. And I just think, look, the linebackers are catching a lot of heat and they are not that talented from an NFL standard, but they're somehow playing worse than their talent level. That's what's concerning about on defense is that like this team is not playing to its talent level, which is a low bar. Um, And look, I talked to several people within the league. They all talked about Jonathan Gannon being like, the next big thing of defense. And so far he has had no answers, even for this, you know, problem with personnel. It's just, it's kind of ridiculous. I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say on Tuesday. Um, But from a Sirianni standpoint, there's nothing that I see from the Frank Reich tree. There's nothing that I really see from Mike McCoy either. Uh, This is just like kind of screen city. Like you said, there's some flood routes. There's a, uh, there's some flood concepts. There's some dagger concepts, but like everybody has those. So um, this seems a mess. I, I don't really know what the optimistic approach is here, other than the fact that the Eagles, if the season ended today, would own the second, the sixth, and the thirteenth overall picks. Uh, so hang your hat on that. But then again, Howie Roseman's roster is not very talented because he has not made very good draft choices of, I mean, throughout his return tenure. So I don't know if you can really feel optimistic about that either. Uh, let's get into this Joe Flacco trade because the one thing that Howie Roseman is really good at is winning trades on paper. Um, <laughs> I think it's hilarious that the Jets gave up potentially a fifth round pick, which could be a top 50 pick if, if the Jets continue to be as bad as they are for Joe Flacco, who has not played a single snap this season, who was paid $3.5 million guaranteed, um, who, by the way, while he's returning to the Jets, did not work under the same coaching staff last year. Uh, <laughs> uh, talk to me about this trade. For the Eagle, I think the Eagles were in a position – Especially when when Zach Wilson went down, and you start looking around, like okay, like who are the Jets going? Who's out there that would basically the Jets would bring in something like? I, th- I thought uh, their backup White held held his own for a little bit. I could see them him going being a starter for like at least a week or two, but the the Jets didn't have a veteran to begin with. I'm shocked they got. I thought if they were going to trade anything, it would be like a seventh rounder. I thought it was be something like that, but the fact they got a basically a deal that's constructed just like the one that they got for Gardner Minshew, I thought was a for the Eagles. That's a win in that aspect, and it get it gives them back that six rounder that they have that that they they lost when trading for Minshew, and it gives them another fifth round, uh, potentially a fifth rounder, which is going to be huge. Trying to with a team with so many holes, I look at it now when I look at this the quarterback position now. Reed Reed Sinet, 
personally, I would have looked for another quarterback. I, I know he played well when he was at the University of San Diego. He racked up a lot of yards. He was the FCS's level uh, comp- comparison to like winning like the he's the offensive player of the year, which was and he was mentioned as like the Walter Payton Award winner, which is like the Heisman at that level. To me, he 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 doesn't fit this. He doesn't fit a lot with his offense to do. Like look, because when I think of this offense in in the way it's situated right now, you see a lot of mobility running running the ball a lot more and he doesn't have a really strong arm he has to rely on timing and accuracy and hitting his spots which if you look at the current situation would be nice but i still don't think he really he's not at nowhere near a level to be a starter in this league and i question if he's even at the level of being a backup in this league for Minshew, i think this was just the next progression it just speeds it up a year i thought he was going to be the backup coming in next year and it gives the eagles a chance uh, in case something were to happen to hurts he can insert him here i personally i don't think he's going to be the start i mean sirianni said as much yesterday that he's sticking by jalen hurts and I was curious to see what he said. Look, he's ready to go. He stopped himself when he started saying, Joe's starter as long, and he just stopped. I was like, okay, what was he going to say? But I, the, the talk of Gardner Minshew being a start, the quarterback, I mean, I know he has, he's he got the mullet, the mustache, which is a, the glorious mustache is nice. But other than that, I, I don't see him long-term being a starter. His career, even though he had Jacksonville, he had a lot of weapons around him. He just wasn't able to convert that well and have, have much success down there with that. But – Overall, hey, they got they got an extra asset out the deal, a draft asset out the deal, so it works for them, man. What did you think about it? Well, all right. So there's a lot to unpack here, and there's a lot I disagree with you with. Okay, so Bring it. <laughs> uh, the value for Flacco was bar none. Like, you had to do it, A+. plus. Uh, look, I think people are going to look at the signing of Joe Flacco and continue to criticize it. But I will say, and I said this on Twitter last night, Tyree Jackson's evolution and uh, just overall transition period from QB to tight end was greatly enhanced by Joe Flacco. During training camp, his chemistry with Flacco and Flacco's understanding of where he needed to be on the field basically helped Tyree Jackson shine. And I think that's important to note. So if that was his lone contribution and Tyree Jackson ends up becoming a Logan Thomas like player, or even really a Trey Burton type player, uh, then I guess that investment was somewhat worth it. Um, the Reed Sinet thing is just, I mean, he's going to be the developmental third arm. I, I, I don't even know if he makes it through next training camp, but you know, they want three quarterbacks at all times. This quarterback factory keeps churning out the uh, the talent or whatever. Uh, so they decided to, to add Reed Sinet. I get it. Um, here's the thing about Jalen Hurts. He has not improved the last three weeks. Uh, I don't know what his ceiling is, but in this style of offense, it's very one note. It is showing some glaring weaknesses. Uh, I immediately regretted tweeting out, I think the Eagles drafted the better Alabama quarterback last year uh, while watching this game. Um, and and look, it could be that Sirianni and Hurts just aren't a fit and he needs a change of scenery. That happens. But I do think the calls for Minshew make sense from one aspect. Do I think that Gardner Minshew is more talented than Jalen Hurts? Absolutely not. But I do think 
Nick Sirianni would benefit potentially from using another quarterback. And honestly, he's going to get into desperation mode eventually if this thing keeps sliding downhill. And so he needs to show that he can work with quarterbacks who were not Jalen Hurts, especially if this team is set to move on from him down the road. I think Detroit is a massive game for one person. Well, two, actually. It's a massive game for Jonathan Gannon, but it's a huge game from Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts does not play well against the the, the Lions, who are not very good, uh, I, I just don't – like, I, I post-trade deadline – so that Wednesday after that, I would not be shocked to hear Gardner Minshew is the new starter of the Eagles. The problem is, is once you bench Jalen Hurts, it's done. Like there's no like rosy, hey, we're selling contention. We're, we're you know, we're going to turn this thing around, blah, 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 blah. You can't bench a cap- a 23-year-old captain and say, hey, the future is bright, right? So... Um, in that instance, I get it. I know Nick Sirianni said that he has full uh, confidence in Jalen Hurts, but I also don't think it's far-fetched to say, look, there's another guy who has experience who you know isn't going to turn the ball over. Sure, he's not terrific, but maybe he's a better fit for this offense than Jalen Hurts is. I just don't know how – I understand the group of folks that are saying, look, Jalen Hurts deserves the whole year for evaluation. Believe me, I was somebody who was in that in that party, but I'm just not seeing the progress from him. He's either too quick to escape from the pocket um, – you know, he's too quick to escape from the pocket. He's too, uh, you know, Ooh, as my tummy rumbles, um, he's, oh, he's not really seen the field. Well, <laughs> he's not been accurate. I mean, there were three drops by Devonte Smith in the first half and two of those were clearly off the mark. Um, look, I think Jalen hurts is, is he's not the worst starter in the league. I don't think he's the second worst starter in the league. But I don't think he is a long-term starter for this team. And if I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm running out of answers and excuses. I I need to look in different avenues to see, show that look, I can call a, 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 at least a comp, a, you know, a competent offense. What do you say to that, Chris? Well, well, I'll say this: if you're, if they're if you lose to the Detroit Lions, even changing that one, you think you're not even going to the playoffs. Anybody who loses the Detroit Lions to be talking playoffs, I don't think the team should have been talking playoffs to begin with, because this was this is not a playoff. Even heading to the season, didn't see this is a playoff team. It's a solid board, it's a transition. Develop what you can, and I think I think that just sends a bad message overall. If you're if you're going to yank Hurts out after which will be eight games. I think when it comes to it shows a bad thing of you're not I think on Sirianni that you're not able to develop quarterbacks yourself. And I, to me, a lot of it to me, a lot of it is the game planning and the scheming is what's called is not letting Hurts develop as all because the offense become very predictable. You're throwing the ball on first down so much that is like around like 60 some percent you don't run the ball to give to basically give him a chance to do well the accuracy thoughts yeah there's valid things about the accuracy I, i'm not going to disagree with you there there especially that one uh that that there should have been uh, what should have been almost intercepted when uh that ball that was behind smith and went off his hands i thought that was going to be a pick but has he i i've seen improvement in hurts 
a little bit in that aspect too, not to the point where you say, hey, you know what, this guy's a top 10 quarterback. No, but I've seen from where he, even from where he was last year, if that's saying anything, where he was last year when he first came in as a rookie to where he's at now, there's been improvement. I've I've seen that. I think this is more of an indictment on. I, I don't I don't see the creativity on this offense that allows him to be as successful. I look at the same things. It's almost predictable. I, I agree you know, with that. For for what it's yeah. worth, I agree with it. I, I'm not saying. And 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 before you carry on, I'm not to cut you yeah. off, but no, you're good. I don't think his benching. Jalen Hurts' benching would be a product of Jalen Hurts completely, if that makes sense. Like, I don't – I think this is more of Sirianni rescuing himself as opposed to saying – indicting, you know, Jalen Hurts of being, a, a, you know, a no talent. You know, Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. The only thing I would say is, like, for when I look at that – I, if, you, if you bring him in, that just shows like I, that puts up more red flags, I think, on Sirianni, that you had a quarterback all this time. You weren't able to help develop him. Usually that moves like for if he makes that move, the only thing I tell if he made that move, the only thing that I, I would glean from that is, OK, the front office really is about ready to let me go. Because usually when you make a move like a quarterback move, that's usually the move to save your job at the last second to see, OK, OK, let me borrow some time so I can work with this guy. That's that's why I have some I, I don't think he would do that. And I think he lose a team too because we, this team still rallies around Hurts like it, like crazy. You still see it a lot. I mean, good or bad, they still rally around this guy. And to bench him, whatever I think goodwill that I think the veterans would have and some of the other younger guys, I think Sirianni would lose it if that were to happen. So I'm I'm in that camp of you have to give him a year to see what he's able to do and to get a full type of evaluation because this. He, you put Hurts through the tough part of the schedule, and then if Minshew goes through that easy part, I guess the rest of the easier part, knock on wood, that looking at the, what's supposed, I'll put it this way, what's supposed to be the easier part, and then it does well. I don't think he really gleaned anything with Minshew as opposed to Hurts. That's where I'm from when it comes to that. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm not saying that I would agree with benching Jalen Hurts. I'm saying just from a logic standpoint, if I'm Nick Sirianni, like, this is clearly not working, right? So there's got to be some sort of change. Benching Jalen Rager or benching, uh, you know, um, I don't know who else you would bench, really. But, like, <laughs> you know, benching someone else doesn't really help you. And, yeah, cool. Everybody's rallying around Jalen Hurts. What's that led to? Two and five, right? So I think you I also think have to consider that, too. Two and five. What? I think lack of run game led to two and five. Uh, if anything. I mean, I, I think that's part of it. Um, but if they want this kid throwing, you know, 35 to 40 times a game, it's just not going to work. And look, you saw the running game once Miles Sanders got out of there. It wasn't like it was that terrific either. Um, Kenny Gainwell is not a bulk carry guy uh they didn't use boston scott for the first six games so that tells you what they think of them him as a runner so i don't know i i i mean i really don't know what the answer is and i i think we're going to see a lot more intrigue if if detroit wins this game on on sunday both from the defensive coordinator perspective because they haven't scored more than 20 points since week one and uh, you know, Jalen Hurts' perspective if they lose this game and it's a low-scoring one. Uh, Chris, give me your final thoughts. 
uh, I'd probably say the best the final thought is, is is sad when you come to realize that the uh, biggest part that you're looking forward to every week is been seeing what the special teams can do. That that's sad when the special teams unit has been the most consistent unit. And even then, I know there's a lot of criticism about the onside kick, but I I mean, I thought if if anything, that's a time where you try to do it to try to get a spark back, especially with the Raiders coming out there having the having the last possession of the second half and having them do that and had Elliott not fallen down <laughs> that way, like he had actually had a shot to to collect that ball. But is 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 it me? Or is, it just seems like it's really like look coming into this season. You're really looking forward to like seeing like some bright star, somebody come out of nowhere to shine, some young guy really take off and say, "Hey, you know what? This is great." The only person I could really think of was Quez Watkins, and even then. Lately, because whether he connection with Alan Hurts or not, or his usage, he's not being used a lot or, or on the field as much as he could be. It's not that much around to, to to really see when it comes to that development. This team has to do better as the season goes on because, let's face it, they're not going to the playoffs. And, and seventh, was it, even even if they are like, say, oh, they're a game, a game, a half game out, they're ranked 14th out of 16th. They're behind so many other teams. It's not happening. So they have to hang their head on, find some a couple young players to really do well and, and let everybody know that, hey, they got some good pieces for the future to go forward. All right, Chris, my final thoughts are that you, the listener, should sign up for Eagles Extra, nj.com slash text. Chris and I will be doing some more draft stuff now that the Eagles seemingly are out of the playoff mix. Um Remember, nj.com slash text. You get two weeks free uh, just to check it out. We have a lot of fun with that. Also, remember to subscribe to the No Huddle Show podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We enjoy hearing from you. Five stars. Uh, five star ratings are great and reviews are terrific, even the negative ones. Uh, so for Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah.